In the Gospel reading today, we hear the parable of the talents. We stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, uh, you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your money in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. We are, as you know, in the, um, in the middle of our church's stewardship program. Would you know that? We're in the middle of our church's stewardship program. And in the planning for the stewardship program, in the committee that plans it, someone always says, and on this Sunday, the pastor will preach the stewardship sermon. And this is that sermon. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm going to change anybody's mind about what they're going to put down on their, their commitment of giving or put down on their or their time talent sheet. I'm not naive enough to think that, that what I'm going to say is going to change anybody's mind. It might. It might. But I'm not naive enough to think that. Uh, although it might happen. Somebody out there might say, wow, I never heard that before. I never thought of that before. I better go and revisit what I've decided to give, what I've decided to do. That could happen. I, I don't know if that'll happen or not today. Because those kinds of decisions 
are not made here on Sunday morning. Those kinds of decisions are made at home. They're made around the kitchen table over a cup of coffee. They might even be made with prayer. The Solbergs have made their decisions in the living room with a cup of coffee because the kind of decision that the church is asking is an important one and you don't want to make it here. And that's why I don't think I'm going to change anybody's mind, although you never know. But what I want to do today is to talk to you about the meaning of stewardship in, in, a, in a bigger way. That it's not, stewardship is not just about what we commit as offerings to the church, what we're going to do. Stewardship is about a way of life. And so here's the, the theme. The theme today is managers, not owners. That's the key to stewardship. We're managers, we're not owners. You think about the hymn, um, all that we have, we give thee but thine own, whatever the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone. A trust, O Lord, from thee. That says we're managers, we're not owners. So take the Solbergs. We have a house in Bella Vista. We call it our house, but it's not our house, it's God's house. We're tenants there. It's God's house. Now, if you went to the courthouse and looked at the records of the, and the deed of this house, it does not say God is the owner. Because the people in the courthouse wouldn't let us do that. But that's how we feel about it. We have two cars. If you looked at the registration for the cars, it would not say that they're registered to God. Can you imagine going to the, to the DMV and registering your cars, and they say, Who's, whose car is it? This is God's car. Okay, where does he live? He lives in heaven. You wouldn't get away with that. But that's how we look about it. And so our bank account, and our savings, and my retirement, and our investments, they're God's. And what we do is we are Managers, we manage all that stuff. We're not owners, and that's the nature of stewardship. All that we have is thine alone, our trust, O Lord, from thee. Now, I have a couple of Bible passages to back that up. We have the next slide, please. This is a quote from the 50th Psalm. God says, every animal in the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the field, and they're mine. I love the line, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. How do you think a, a rancher in Nebraska or Oklahoma or, 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 or Iowa or Minnesota would feel about that? That all the cattle he's tending don't belong to him, they belong to God. It's true. He's taking care of all of those cattle because they're God's cattle, and he's just taking care of them. And they're his, they belong to God, because God made them. And those ranchers, they're managers. They're not owners. Uh, the other scripture is the, the teaching today from um, the, the parable about the talents. About the master who gives... Ten talents of this one, and five talents of this one, and one talent of this one, to manage. 
They're not gifts. They're assignments. You have to manage this stuff. And when they come back, they give an account of their management. They don't own that stuff. They're managers. And they're responsible to return to the master what, uh, what they've earned. And that's the theme of, that's the overarching theme of stewardship. We are, we're managers. We're not owners. Now I have to make a confession. Can I have the next slide, please? Um, this prayer, offering prayer, that we've used for the last couple of months, I wrote this in preparation for today. This is a preparation for today's sermon. And my hope was that you would read it and you would, you would think about it. And you would evaluate, do you, do you agree with that? Because a lot of times what happens here in church is that you read stuff and it's up there and you read it and you don't think about it. Right? You're obedient. You, it's, the church says read it, so you read it and you don't think about it. But I hope you think about it. You need to think about everything you see on that screen. And you need to evaluate everything you read on these screens because they may or may not reflect what you think. Is that right? It just can't go through like that. You have to think about it. My goal was that you would think about these things and see if you agree with with what's written there. So let's look at it. Father, in the offerings we have just given, we know that we have not given you a gift, but we have given back to you what is already yours. The offering is not a gift. We often, oftentimes characterize what we put in the offering place as our gifts. It's called gifts and offerings. You can't give God a gift. Because we're managers, we're not, we're not owners. And we can't be generous to God because you can only be generous with what is yours, but nothing belongs to you. It all belongs to God and we're all managers, we're, all, we're not owners. We know that we have not given you a gift, but I've given back to you what is already yours. You can't give a gift to God. Now think about this. You're going to give a dinner party. And you're going to invite people from your company. And they're further up the food chain than you are. And you want to make it really nice. And so you go to your mother and you borrow all of her sterling silver flatware. I don't know where she got it. You borrow all of her sterling silver knives and forks and spoons and you borrow all of her sterling silver serving pieces. And they're wonderful. And you set the table and it looks just super. It's all sterling silver. And people are impressed. And your boss thinks he's paying you too much. <laughs> because you've got sterling silver on the table. So the dinner party is a success because it's been wonderful and they ate with sterling silver. And there was a great success. And then two days later, it's your mother's birthday. So you take all the knives and all the forks and all the spoons and all the stuff and you put them in gorgeous boxes. And you wrap them in exquisite paper. 
and you bring these things to her and you present them to her as you sing happy birthday. And she's so excited at these wonderful gifts until she opens them up and she discovers you have given her nothing. You discover you haven't been generous because you have given her what's already yours. So it's not a gift. You gave her nothing at all. And in the same way, we cannot give gifts to God. Because whatever you claim is yours doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God and you're managers. We are all managers and that's how we understand stewardship. And what we write down on our commitment card is simply a sign of our management. So if you fill out your, your, your commitment card, you fill it out, you write a number down and you say, now God, you've given me all this stuff and this is, this is your return. How do you think God feels? He might be very happy. He might be very disappointed at your stewardship. Now, when you do that, it's not a matter of what you can afford. People think about what you can afford. Well, when you talk about what you can afford, that means you're an owner. But you're not an owner. We're not owners. We're managers. So it's simply a matter of stewardship, how much you can, can return back. That's the nature of stewardship. We're managers, not owners. All that we have is, where does it go? All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. That's how it works. But that doesn't mean that we're condemned to a life of poverty. That if you manage God's stuff, you're going to be poor. God doesn't want poverty. He simply wants responsibility. God wants us to be responsible with stuff, but he wants us to have a good life. Take the Solberg's house up in, up in Bella Vista. We did not sell it and put the money in the offering plate. We enjoy our house. It's God's house. We take care of it. But we don't sell it. We have two cars. We have not sold our cars and put the money in the offering plate. No, we haven't done that. They're gods and we drive them, but we take care of them, but we haven't given them away. We travel sometimes. I play golf three times a week. I'm not ashamed of that. We eat out. We have a life. God wants us to have a life. But God wants us to be responsible with the stuff he has put into our hands. And that's how stewardship works. And what we put into the offering plate then goes to fund God's work on earth. Because did you know that God doesn't print money? Have you heard that? See, if God printed money, it would be very easy, but God doesn't print money. And it costs money to do this. 
It costs money to have a fellowship like this and facilities like this and programs like Sunday school. That all costs money. And where does God get the money? Oh, he gets it from his managers. And that's how God funds the kingdom of God on earth. So he put the money in the offering plate and then it goes to the church council. It goes to our elected leaders. Now they're dealing with God's money. And the expectation is that they will deal with it with good stewardship and manage it well. And that's the nature of Christian stewardship. It involves all of life. Not just what we put in the offering on Sunday morning and not just what we do as we serve here at the church. That's stewardship. It's Christian stewardship. Sometimes, however, sad things happen to Christian stewards as they prosper. As Christians prosper sometimes, they go from being managers to being owners. And that's a terrible transition. So that what happens, and studies have shown this, what happens is that, is that while the amount of money they give goes up, the percentage they give goes down. You got that? The amount goes up, but the percentage goes down. Jesus talked about money a lot. And he didn't condemn money, but he knew that money was a terrible temptation. Now, if you look at, at the, the bulletin today, take a look at your bulletin. This is one of my favorite pictures. See, Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So what do you see? You see the camel just getting started. And he's not going to get very far. And the reason that it's so hard is because, because money becomes your God. You stop being a steward and you start being an owner. And you say, my, my, my. And that's terrible. So there's, there's this story. A young couple came to the pastor to be married. And in his premarital counseling, he talked to them about tithing. That, that the Lord desires to have a 10% return on what he, what he lets you manage. That's a pretty good return, isn't it? I'd like to get 10%. But that's God's goal. And so the, government, the, the, the couple agrees to that. And they do that. And several years later... The, the groom comes back and he's very upset because he said, Pastor, you know, when we came in for counseling, uh, you suggested that we tithe and we did that. But, Pastor, I can't do that anymore. I make too much money. I can't bring myself to put that amount of money in the offering plate. A tithe is so much money, what can I do? And the pastor says, well, it's very simple. You quit your job and you get a job that paid what you were getting paid when you got married. And then you can tithe again. 
That simple? You see, the young man, he could, he could give a dime on a dollar. And he could give a dollar on ten dollars. And he might even give ten dollars on a hundred dollars. But he simply could not bring himself to give ten thousand dollars on a hundred thousand dollars. The amount was too much. He couldn't afford to tithe anymore because it was too much. So that his, the amount he gave went up and up and up, but the percentage he gave went down and down and down. And when he went, he went from being a manager to an owner. And it, uh, it killed his giving. And I should say as an aside that in this church, giving is wonderful. This church is, I think, full of really fine, fine stewards. And I want to tell you that the national average for family giving is less than 3%. Imagine that, less than 3%. Now, how do those people write down 2.5-3% and say, God, here's, here's my management? And the church is oftentimes crippled because people are owners and not managers. If I change anybody's mind, does anybody go and get an eraser and, and, and erase and change whatever they've written down? I don't know. But I hope that I have changed your mind about what stewardship is. Because it's more than your, what you write down on the pledge card. It's more than you put down on your time and talent sheet. It's the management of everything because it's not yours and it's not mine. It's God's. We manage it for him. And as someone said, either Jesus Christ is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Amen.